Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. This is NNMRadio.com. I am your host, and this is going to be a science episode. Let me talking to y'all the mind-blowing concepts of uh, the, the scales of space. And off the bat, the, the scales of space might come off as outer space, but I'm actually talking about the space, like distance. And people are over here talking about pandemic, but I do want to get off of that topic and talk about other things. And the concept of space is uh, really mind-boggling because on smaller scales, space seems contorted and distorted, diluted. And it's I wanted to share with y'all this journey that could be in the same place but a different space if y'all would so it's it's kind of mind-boggling to wrap my mind around it and I, I graphed it out and I thought about it did more research on what this means and where to even start because there's some concepts that is really abstract that um could just lead y'all astray so let's try a human being and uh, let's scale up some so you know a human being size compared to an elephant and then an elephant compared to one of those giant construction big cats and how much bigger a whale like a blue whale is now that's the biggest uh, earth creature that we have you can imagine how big a whale is compared compared to you like we're talking about something bigger than your house as big as that is but if we was to even get bigger you could have like a Boeing jet or a plane not even a jet it's a plane as large as that could be but seeing how big that jet is compared to a whale it's like wow man could could build such big things that could fly and then comparing that to a this, this international space station is huge it's about six times bigger than the Boeing jet And once when you start to scale down, you begin to realize how small things could be in comparison. So we're scaling all the way back down to the elephant and then to a human. How small a cat is. And then how small a basketball is. And then a hummingbird. And then an egg. Like what you eat for breakfast. Now, a penny. A coffee bean. That's pretty small, right? A grain of rice. That's ridiculously small. Down to an ant. Wow. 
and that's that's um all relative to to what we know and what we can see and what we can accurately uh observe and point out and say yes that's the obvious but anything past that it starts to get even more mind-boggling so let's scale back up to the ant to the coffee beans to the egg basketball human to the elephant to the space station now think about how small an elephant is to the space station and you know how big an elephant is so it just puts into perspective how big this space station is it's like something it's like four houses you're like wow Then you have the Pyramid of Giza. This is something that people in the ancient world in BC era before Christ was even conceived. They built something that large. Then the Eiffel Tower. Then the Burj Khalifa. Burj Khalifa, I believe the name is. It's the tallest tower in the world. And then you get to structures like the Hadron Collider, which spans from countries to Switzerland, to France, Netherlands, or Belgium, something like that. And then swing right back around. And Mount Everest is still bigger than all of that. And we all know how big Mount Everest is, but to keep it in consideration, we're not just talking about the height. We're talking about the actual mountain, Mount Everest. So it isn't just this one big steep and rock. No, how huge Mount Everest is. And then you have Halley's Comet. Uh, you would hear science people talk about that would visit the earth every like several decades actually but I wouldn't have imagined that Haley's Comet is bigger than Mount Everest really? it's huge if, if Haley's Comet was to ever crash on earth how much destruction do you think that would create? I didn't think Haley's Comet was that big. But then again, it's been around for a long time. And then you have a neutron star. And it puts into perspective how small a neutron star must be. Because we're not even talking about Earth size at this point. We're not even talking about the size of a country yet. A star? We're talking about continents? That is bigger than a neutron star? And it puts into perspective how small a neutron star is, really. That's amazing. That was mind-blowing for me, guys. You know, your first mind-blow right there. So, um, let's go on and scale back down. Halley's Comet, Mount Everest, Hadron Collider, 
Khalifa, Bowen Jet, Human Being. Now we're at a cat. We could get even smaller to a penny, right? Coffee, rice, an ant. Shoot, you hate it when an ant crawls on you. Ants picking up a literal grain of salt. And you're like, what the heck? Yeah, I can imagine like a grain of salt. How small that is, shoot. Hardly see it, you just sweep it up. That's how small we're now getting. A grain of sand. It's hard to recognize, yeah. Just all those little grains, right? Make up sand. Just think about how small just an inner... That's probably nothing, right? Somebody had just a grain of sand, you like, how could you even know that's a grain of sand? I could hardly see that, right? How small a grain of sand is. And you could get even smaller to the thickness of paper. We're over here writing on paper. I'm over here looking at paper, and it's really thin. And it's to imagine some some like a grain of salt could be theoretically thicker than the than a compos, composition paper. And I'm looking at this. Uh, this, you know the thickness of this paper and I could grasp it but we could get even smaller that that ironically we can't still interact with and can recall but this is like now starting to get ridiculously small com- to us humans a dust mite now the thing about dust mites is uh, their skin is transparent so that's why you just can't easily see them but at that point we're saying an ant how big an ant is to a dust mite of course but this is ridiculously small it's like what the heck now we're talking about things invisible James and now you're like not quite you can see a strain of hair right can you imagine something smaller than one of the hairs on your hair just just one hair and you're like wow I can see a literal strain of my own hair yes James you you blew my mind there's there something smaller than that yeah and this is where things get a little ridiculous like skin cells I start looking at my hands and I'm like can I see skin cells and it's like yeah you can those little individual lines that's smaller than the obvious big lines in your hand now is getting that small to a mist droplet and you're like oh yeah mist in the air I can see that I interact with that okay I'm still with you James on I just never imagined how small we're talking about like you know I'm thinking I'll be lost at this point but it is ridiculously small now we're talking about. Now we're talking chloroplast. Now people who never took signs or never paid attention are like, Alright James, I'm closing my book, I'm walking out. What the heck is chloroplast? Those are the things that allow plants to get sunlight. So you flip over a leaf and you see the veins and just like on your hand, right? I hope you're still with me. 
and things get even smaller to an X chromosome. Now we're at things that you honestly gonna have to see with a telescope. We're, we're, we're no longer looking at things we can see with our eyes. And it's sort of like a concept like this. You can see somebody face to face, but if you was like extremely close to somebody and look at them, what are you looking at? You're looking at what somebody's crusty skin face, right? Or is somebody, you know, they got crust in their eyes. That what you're looking at in perspective is still Jill or Matt. Brian or Stacy, whoever you're looking at, or whoever you can imagine, right? That, ironically, technically, to be analytical, as close as it is, yeah, that's them. That's 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 at the scales, and that's what could bring into realization what it what it means that things are real, that they're just small. So. I hope I can still carry you through this journey and not have you thinking of, oh, wow, now you're just talking about scientist fiction like all the scientists do. They're talking about things they talk about and write about and they share with other scientists, but they can't prove it. But I just told you just on that scale, a close up picture of somebody, even you know, that's still that person is just a different perspective and that's 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 probably the nail to hammer point right there it's it's a different perspective once when you begin to scale up and scale down so um all right before i lose y'all too much on you know x chromosome let's go in and scale back up now we're at skin cells and hair and dust mites saw and ants and basketball a human right now we could get bigger elephants to whales to space station to the khalifa to mount everest remember how big we was marveling at how uh haley's comet as famous as it is is huge to a neutron star to the usa the USA is bigger than a neutron star? Yeah. It surely is. Mars. Now Sirius B. Um, Sirius B is uh, one of the closest stars to our sun. If you ever heard that name and it somewhat rings a bell, Sirius B. Yeah, that's the closest neighbor we got of a sunlight planet. Or sun-like body, I should say. Now we're finally at Earth. And you was wondering, like, oh, snap, I thought we was bigger than Earth. No, Mars isn't bigger than Earth, guys. <laughs> now we're at Earth. Ah, now, you're, now you can relax. Now you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. Earth, right. How big the Earth is compared to all of that that we went through. It's just mind-boggling. Now we're at Kepler. That's uh, some moon, I mean, Earth-like planet. It's a little bigger than Earth. Now we're at Neptune. Oh, we all know Neptune. Jupiter. Right, right. Yeah, that is a big planet. Right, right. Now we're at Proxima Centauri. That's another star that is in close proximity to our star. 
It's two. It's a two-star system. You have Sirius B, and you got Proxima Centauri. Then at this scale, that's bigger than that star, is the distance between the Moon and the Earth. And you're like, holy crap! What? We just named off Neptune. We just named off some other planets. We just named off Jupiter. How is the distance between Earth and the moon that we're looking at? As I'm, I'm looking at it right at the window, James. Yeah. As close as the moon is, it's still far away. That the span of Jupiter could fit in between Earth and the moon, as impossible as that sounds. But it is truth. And it's like... Oh, you lost me, James, but no, I sort of know what you mean. I, I, yeah, we're, we're still relative, but still so big, it seems like, right? But it's all in perspective, as I once said. Now we're at the sun. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we know the sun, right? The sun is big, James, right? But nah, not quite. You have Sagittarius A. That is... A black hole at the center of our Milky Way galaxy. And hate to break the news to y'all, but most galaxies, if not all galaxies, have black holes at the center of them. Are they deadly? Are they sucking everything up and just destroying things as they wanted to pick black holes? No, they're pretty stable and uh, they got a system going. A space system. So I know how mind-boggling that is to conceive a, a black hole right there for y'all guys. So, it, let alone what it is and its name, what? I know they don't teach you stuff like that in science. They, they rather teach you about how they're going to colonize Mars. That's all they teach you. So let's go on a scale back down. Sun... Now we're at Jupiter, and now we're at Neptune, Earth finally, Mars, the moon you can't forget about, the Hadron Collider, they're bashing atoms. Now we're at the Pyramids of Giza, we're still scaling down guys, the whale, back to a human. Now we're at the hummingbird, flying around to a penny, now we're at the ant. Now we're at a little dust mite, cleaning up all the dead skin cells on your body. They're good. They're not bed bugs. See, see, this is probably what scares people. They're like, oh, dust mites, bad, bad, bad. No, those are the good guys, actually. Those are the guys that are ironically keeping you young looking. They're getting rid of your dead skin cells. So you got fresh skin on top of your face. Come on, man. Come on. Dust, I mean, bed bugs, those those are something different. Those are things that thrive off of your blood. And on top of that, they're brown. So you obviously see them. The dust mites, they're, they're, they're transparent. They're friendly. They don't eat or, you know, damage us in any way. All they want is just the dead skin cells. They, they love the dust. They're also named dust bunnies, you know? So now we're at hair. 
skin cells, mist, chloroplast, X chromosomes, red blood cells. Y'all always hear about that. But it could compare how small that is to an X chromosome. You, you must have sworn an X chromosome was smaller than a red blood cell, but no. But red blood cells are kind of huge in the microscopic world. E. coli, y'all hear that all the time. You got old folks saying, oh, you're going to catch E. coli drinking that warm milk and stuff like that. Bacteriophage, HIV, but what's even smaller than HIV is DNA. What's even smaller that man could construct is carbon nanotube. Then you have alpha helix. You ever heard of that? It's it's the main building block of life right there. Built up of many proteins. Then smaller than that is a water molecule. So it's like, holy crap, James, didn't we just talk about a mist droplet or particle? Yeah. But you have water molecules. Water itself even has... has a molecular identity and it's called a water molecule guys so no it's it's even smaller than a mist droplet or mist particle as i would easily call it you have a hadron atom i mean um hydrogen atom i know y'all guys are going crazy saying oh crap i don't know atoms i just know it's ridiculously small but stay with me We're going to hit rock bottom. Protons, electrons, neutrons, and even smaller than that is a quark. And even smaller than that is a neutrino. And even smaller than that is what they would theoretically call the Planck length. Now, in quantum mathematics, as far as what I can understand, this is the farthest point you could go without breaking the computers. Or breaking the calculator, breaking your mind, wrapping around all this science and numbers. This is the farthest it goes. Theoretically, some other properties has to exist after this because at this point, it's like the Ant Man movie, right? Y'all know the Ant Man movie. He just got smaller and smaller. And you just saw colors and kaleidoscopes and it you know the fx team was having a parade over that right yeah we're now down at those scales and at this scale the only way is to go back up and the way to go back up is then to take things in consideration and um to relative to other size things and this is where The majority of our journey will begin, guys. So buckle up as we go on a very long journey through space, essentially. So here we are. We're at a plank uh, length. And the only way I could wrap my mind around it is something relative to us, right? So we got centimeters and then we got the millimeters. Millimeters. On this centimeter stick, you got your, what, your inches length, right? 
And then you got the other side, you got your centimeters. And then you got the little lines in the centimeters, you got the the millimeters. And you're like, okay, James, I get it. All right, just hypothetically go with me, just so that we can at least have a ruler. Because at these scales, we're talking about a universe within a universe. If that even makes sense to y'all. And you're saying, James, stop being ridiculous, but trust me guys at these scales the the times is is in the thousands and it's like what are we talking about again and we're not even talking about things we can see with our eyes so it's it's really confusing each individual plank limbs make a plank particle they theorize in these plank limbs Make up a hundred thousand, maybe even more than that, until you get to the size of a plank. <laughs> so you got this impossibly small particle that they're rising, and even trying to measure out, okay, what are the smaller integers for this smaller particle? That is theoretical. So what is larger? A neutron star. I mean, a neutrino. And yeah, I said it right there on right, nail to hammer. The size between a Planck particle is basically the size between a neutron star and this thing. That's how small we're talking about. A neutrino is basically a neutron star compared to a Planck particle. I repeat, that's how big a neutrino is compared to a Planck particle, guys. We're talking about scales that skip the Mount Everest, scales that skip us humans. We're talking about just right there, how how big, but how small we also compare to neutron star is. That is ridiculously huge, but also ridiculously small at the same time. I mean, you would hate to be riding on a Planck particle to a a neutrino because that's interstellar travel basically right there, that distance. But it gets bigger than that, guys. The comparison size between a quark to a, a neutrino is about a hundred thousand also but also what's really mind-boggling about these sizes is these quarks are all working there's there's millions of them possibly all around a proton that is also a part of an atom that has other electrons and neutrons about it. It's just not just one quark of a up and then a down and a strange and then a luck and this and that. We 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 got thousands upon thousands of them, all just holding themselves together by energy and force. 
That is mind-boggling. We're talking about things that we can't even see that basically what is what everybody is made out of. Everybody's made out of this. Quarks and protons and electrons, neutrons. Everybody's made out of atoms. That's what makes up everything. This is mind-boggling. So once we get to the protons and electrons and neutrons all hovering around an atom like like, uh, the hydrogen atom, the distance between the protons from the center of the atom is distances that is compared to the moon and, and earth. They're so far away from each other. It is at ridiculous scales at this point. Comparison to how small they are at the same time. We're talking about their, their planets and systems all by themselves. Governed by forces that keep them at that distance for some reason. At these scales. is really mind-boggling. So... All these atoms would make up, let's say, a water molecule. And all these molecules can now make up the fundamental blocks with the proteins, an alpha helix. So let's imagine ourselves. We're as big as a bacteria phase. Now, the bacteria phase has that stereotypical. Um, really kind of Play-Doh toy type of looking virus look to it. It has the, what, the six legs, the, the neck, and the big head. Yeah, it sort of looks like made up, but for some reason those things take those shapes as if they're organically mechanical. You know, it's, it's kind of weird that that... I guess evolution and life takes that course and conclusion. It, it, it boggles my head. But let's imagine we're as big as they are. If anything, we could ride on their backs. And let's take their, this journey with them all the way up. So the bacteriophage, if you can imagine, could interact with the freaking carbon nanotubes in people's DNAs. It does affect people's DNAs. That's how people get sick, right? That's how our DNA is able to develop immune systems that are immune to stuff like that. That's 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 also relative to their 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 lethalness to, to us. And in in HIV and shoot the phage could then catch a ride on an E. coli. E. coli is probably like a crocodile to it compared to it. Right on the back of E. coli, this little phage. If you can imagine, he could host a party of of a hundred, maybe three hundred of of his pals, right on top of a red blood cell. It sort of looks like an inflatable, uh, you know. W- water pool right there you know you put in your backyard or front yard with with your toddler kids and um he he could he could have fun and 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 mess up x chromosomes at this scale how much how much in access uh, 
bacteriophage to to a lot of atomic and otherwise microscopic uh, things <laughs> that are effective to us. Imagine that that same bacteriophage swimming in a chloroplast in a mist particle in a mist droplet right that that's how bacteria spread right bacteria on, on his scale level he has access to a lot of things into his perspective or her whatever the heck you want to call it, right skin cells and hair but now this is ridiculous right let's go on and scale up and catch a ride with the dust mite so the dust mite you can interact with the chloroplast drink a little bit of water from the from the mist he gets a little thirsty he's on your skin skin cells he's eating well He's over there on your hair now. Helping you get ready in the morning. And he he, he could recall the thickness of paper that he has to climb. But of course, you're on his back on this journey. And then climbing a a hill or a, a mound. But that mound is actually a grain of sand. So imagine catching a ride on a dust mite in the Sahara Desert. How long that would take. It's just about the perspective of interstellar travel. At the current resources we have. Guys, it's going to take us centuries if not a millennia. So here we go You're catching a ride on the dust mite He's like hey You want to have a little bit of salt You're like what Looking at this huge cube That's like a wall It's a grain of salt It's like hey I don't know You, You want something to do with it You're like freak no So let's go on and scale up to the ant. We can now catch a ride on an ant just like Ant-Man, right? So we're about to have fun, right? Y'all watch that movie? Y'all ready to have fun with me? Shoot. So here we are. The ant can recall the grain of rice he wants salvaged. It's like, shoot, it's as big as me, if not bigger. And the ant could recall the the coffee bean he carved out and made as a boat. The ant could also recall the penny he found and he built a house on for himself. And the ant could also recall that egg that was about to roll on him and crush him. But don't worry, guys. We're going to move on to our next traveler, the hummingbird. It's one of the smallest living creatures. That isn't a freaking insect, right? It's an intelligent creature also. So the hummingbird could buzz around 
see people at the basketball court have as big as the basketball is compared to him. And he sees a cat, the cat swipes at him. He sees the human, the human is taking a picture of him. Then he sees the elephant, as big as the elephant is compared to him. Big trunk, big horns, big ears, as big as this elephant is. Then he sees the Boeing jet and he's like, wow, that's what humans fly in. So now we can scale to the human in the airplane and they take off. And at this point on, it's going to need things that are airborne to see how big things are at this point. So we're in our Boeing jet. And we're about to outbound some somehow possible way to the space station. And then we're looking at the Giza. And we're looking at the Eiffel Tower. And over there in the Middle East at the Khalifa. We go to Europe one last time. And we see the Hadron Collider. We go over to Asia one last time. To see how big Mount Everest is. And we look up into the stars and we see how big Halley's Comet is. Then we go over to a neutron star. And we remembered what James said about the neutron star. The neutron star is as big as a neutrino is to a Planck particle. So I repeat that. You're looking at this neutron star and you're like, all right. How small is a neutrino? How impossibly small that is. And then you're thinking, but how impossibly small on that same scale? That same neutrino is to the smallest particle we could theoretically cough up. Mind boggling. But it's from there. We go to the USA one more time and we say goodbye to our friends because it's off to the moon. What's bigger than the USA? The moon. What's bigger than the moon? Let's go to Mars. What's bigger than Mars? Oh, one of our closest stars. And then we go back to Earth for one last time to take a look at it. Marvel at it. And we're about to see how small the Earth is. Compared to Neptune now. Jupiter, even bigger. Now we're looking at the sun. Now we're looking at a distance that is bigger than the Earth's orbit. And bigger than Neptune's orbit. A supermassive black hole. Not ours. We're talking about something that's making our black hole look like it's the sun. (laughs) Our black hole is just an ordinary speck of dust within that black hole. And now we're at the scales of nebulas. So I hope y'all know some of these nebulas. Stingray, the cat's eye, we're getting bigger. Hourglass, blinking, the ring nebula, 
the Helix Nebula. Now, this is bigger than the distance between the sun and its closest star. So you mean to tell me, James, that massive black hole you was just marveling about, the sun is closer to what? You mean that? What? James, is how is the distance between our sun to the next closest sun star bigger than those nebulas you just named that also include star systems of their own? That's mind-boggling. Why are we so lonely, James? I honestly don't know, but it's actually kind of perfect because you see how we're thriving. I guess life just takes for it to be a little isolated and alone. The Pillars of Life. Orion. The Eagle Nebula. No, the Eagle Galaxy. The Tarantula Galaxy. The Small Magnetic Cloud. The Sembrero Galaxy. Now we're at the Milky Way Galaxy. And that's really kind of mind-boggling because you're like, I thought we was at scales bigger than the Milky Way galaxy. I thought those nebulas that you just named off were bigger than galaxies. But no, most of the nebulas that we see exist right here within our galaxy. I know, guys, it sort of got you thinking that when we have all those like fabulous and exotic pictures of those nebulas, those were like parts of the universe that was outside of our solar system, but also outside of our galaxy. The answer is no, guys. There's so much beauty within just what we can visibly see. Just imagine all of the other places that is within our galaxy. And then it takes into consideration that's mind-boggling. All of those nebulas that we just named off, all of those stars, all of those systems, James. All of that is multi- multiplied, multi- mul- multitudes outside of our galaxy. All of that in multitudes just right here within our galaxy, just on the opposite. That is mind-boggling, guys. That is one of the craziest concepts y'all could take home today. How is that possible? We're just still at the Milky Way galaxy. Okay, James, I know that there's other galaxies bigger than the Milky Way galaxy. And yeah, guys, let's continue. The Adronema galaxy. Y'all know that. Yeah, I took science. I heard whatever Adronema. Yeah, what about it? Yeah, it's a little bigger than ours, and it's the closest galaxy compared to ours. So, also, they're saying that's on a collision course towards us. Hold on. Let me go and adjust this. All right, let's go and take... No, we're not going to take no short break. We're almost here at the end anyway.
Alright guys. Let's go on and wrap this up. Much larger than the Adronema Galaxy. Our neighboring galaxy. It's the Tadpole Galaxy. What's larger than that? Our local group. And it's like, holy crap. How could you call all of that that we just went over just a local group? I'm thinking, you know, the solar system is just a local group. And it's no, <laughs> it's much bigger than that, guys. It, it's mind-boggling, guys. It truly is. How large the universe is and the possibilities of of everything that we do not see is one of the things y'all could take away. So, what is a collection of one local group such as ours and another local group? What what is this combination all called? Because that's really mind-boggling that everything we just went over, all of those galaxies also, like, what the heck? That was all just within our same local group? Like, I'm thinking that would be some other local group we might be looking at. <laughs> the answer is no, guys. It's It really is that mind-boggling. So, in consideration to other local groups... The collection of our local group and others is called the Perseus Cetus Supercluster. And that's like, oh crap. So you mean there's other superclusters out there that makes up of local groups, which these local groups make up of galaxies, which these galaxies make up of nebulas? But these nebulas make up of black holes that have other star systems that swirls around it. That then makes up of solar systems. That then makes up of a sun which a special little earth has. That is really, really crazy. That is what I call, guys, the edge of insanity. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of NNM Radio. I am your host, and I am out. <laughs>